Hello, and welcome back to the Women's Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Liam Rocco, but you may know me better as LDG. Today, we've got a very exciting episode on our hands. This took me weeks and weeks and weeks of planning and logical thinking to figure out how I was going to execute this episode to the best for my fans. It's titled, How Every NWSL Team Should Approach the Summer Transfer Window. As you probably have already seen, a lot of mega transfers have been happening. I'm recording this today on June 29th. I don't know when this episode is going to get posted, but um, I, a few minutes ago, I just saw the cl- the Glacasse the cl- the cl- move to Arsenal, which was, um, you know, another big move in this window. The window's already up and running, so I wanted to do it this episode. I've been planning on it for weeks. I've been kind of, you know, I haven't posted it yet. I've been kind of stalling it, but I have... I feel like I finally got into a place where I can execute this episode to the best of my ability. Um, everyone, thanks for listening in. Make sure to follow us here on Apple Podcast. Click the three dots in the top right corner of your screen and then click follow. And then on Instagram, the underscore women's underscore soccer underscore podcast. So thank you so much for listening in. And let's try and get this, share this episode, share it with your friends, you know. And let's get started with this episode. Um, Let's hope to get a really good listenership this episode. You know, share this with everyone you know, all your women's soccer fans, because this episode is a very important episode about the women's transfer window this summer. So the idea of this episode is that we will be looking at every NWSL team. I'm trying to pinpoint a statistical a, a statistical weakness that's proven by statistics. You know, we're going to try and look at some more basic statistics and look from it with a GM perspective. We're going to try and make it more um, basic statistic-wise so we can really analyze them and understand how what positions that te- each team needs to target. We'll be looking at what players could fit these roles. For some teams, that it's they need to acquire three players in my eyes. And some teams, they've already made that big sign this window that I think could help them propel them to their place that they will um, like to be in. So yeah, this is, that's kind of my constant Except for this episode, I wanted to explain it so you could have an idea of how this episode's going to work. Like, so every team will have a weakness that I look at and I'll analyze, I'll tell you why I came up with that statistically, and then I'll look at some players' positions they should target, and then perhaps a player in that position, and then I'll share my reasoning for why. So, without a further ado, let's get into our first team, Angel City FC. So, Angel City is one of the more odder teams I did in this episode, because they have such a great roster, and you know, money can't buy you championships, and I didn't really know, to be honest, how I was going to frame this segment of the episode because Angel City is such a good team but they, the, they have the talent on this squad but they're just not turning it into victories they're in ninth place right now which is way too low for a team with this much talent I mean t- the fact that Louisville is ahead of them is kind of mind-blowing and I think Louisville is just built for a much smarter team which we'll get into later Angel City is all the names and Honestly, I don't get, you know, they, they barely score more than a goal a game. They give up almost two goals a game. I don't get what this team has done wrong this year. The coaching, I do not think was the problem. I think that from what I was looking at statistically, and this is this one wasn't even one I could prove by statistics. It's just facts. They're an injury-prone team who's older and they can't defend. This defense is so 
bad. I mean, I say this in the most respectful way. It's really struggled. They haven't been putting the ball in the back. They haven't been putting the ball in the back and then up front. But the defense has also not been good either. Like, and it's not that they're giving up so many goals like Chicago. We'll get into that in a few minutes. But it's just that they don't, the goals they give up are so pointless and are so avoidable. And I'd like to look at the one from yesterday's match in the Challenge Cup, where it was a great shot from Danny Colaprico. But really, no one could guard Colaprico there. Was there anyone who could have gotten there? I mean, it's just really, it's embarrassing at this point for Angel City. They have such a good team. The owners put so much money into it. If you're a player on the squad, you got to feel the pressure. And if I'm Angel City, you know, moves got to be made. And I don't necessarily think it's transfers from international I could see a lot of trades happening this summer I could see them going in for a goalie like Alyssa Nayer but I think that if you're looking at specifically transfers which is what this episode is circled around I think sure I could see them Angel City making a big trade to try and push for a playoff spot you know they're right now they're just five point. they're seven points out yeah but during this international break if they get a few wins here which they definitely can they could steal a few good points and if they would beat Gotham this weekend North Carolina next weekend and then in August if they can find a way to beat Louisville those are three key wins and then they play the rain on the 27th like those four matches are so big in my eyes for Angel City because if they can get four wins there that kind of just propels them up the table and it doesn't just give them points it takes points away from other teams so for me honestly I have no clue what's the problem with this team I think it just looking at ages I think their team is too old I think they should have constructed a younger core I love Endo I love Thompson um but like I just don't think that they have a great midfield is my biggest problem. I think their offense is great. I think their defense is solid. They're, it's not necessarily the back line when I consider defense. I also think the midfield is just not good. And that's been a problem that's been very apparent of Angel City. I think Ertz has solved that. But at the World Cup, you know, that that could that's a question mark. Hammond stepped in and did great last night from what I watched. Um, getting a nice... Got to get a going going on the board. I think Angel City. This is a great time of the year for them to flush their squad out, and I think that I when I was looking for them to target a CDM, but they've signed Ertz in her hungry, so that's I think a great idea. I think that they shouldn't play a double six. I think that they should have pre- preferably Ertz drop back into the or Henry drop back into the center back position and that could just bring some more experience to this back line in the big international games which I think they're missing I think Ali Riley brings that but I think that a player like Ertz and Henry brings more of it and I think that it can help flesh out some of the talent that you know they maybe have struggled to develop and this Angel City squad Merritt Mathias being injured doesn't really help looking back on that trade I think I don't really get what Angel City was doing. Was there, I don't get what their general manager was thinking. Tyler Lucy is such a great player. I was, you know, thrilled for the Courage fans with that trade because you got a really nice player in Lucy who's quick. She can get up the field. Matthias has just been injured all season. She hasn't even played. Lucy's been scoring goals. Lucy's been playing defense. I think, yeah, for me, I think they've done what they need. They I mean they need some defensive support. They've given up the third most goals this season, I think, statistically. Yeah, it's not it's not good. Like they've their defense is not it's the like their defense is not working. Whatever whatever they're doing is not working well for them. And I think that 
with the signing of Henry, I think they have the firepower to be a playoff team. And I've said this, when they're fully healthy, though, and I think it's the problem. And when you add players like Press and LaRue um, back together, alongside like Emsley, Endo, Thompson, Johnson, that, that, that front line is so good good that is the best front line in this league's history you could say you could make that argument i i will i will be a stand for that um but i think that should turn around the team i think that it's not necessarily a signing players problem i think it's a structure problem and i think that angel city can get that with some more discipline defending and with Henry coming in i think they got to take some time with Henry and by implementing her in the setup and you know maybe make a trade for like nair or something because nair's been struggling in chicago you know get that big goalie in there i think those are the two moves i could see angel city you know, implementing into their squad with Henry already signing, I think just one big trade for a big leader in the defense. And I think Nair could be a big player to bring in, you know, with Chicago being struggling this year and being in a rebuilding phase. I think that Nair bringing her in and then implementing Henry and Ertz as a- Okay, next we have the Red Stars. I don't, I, I don't, I really don't see them winning this season. I have to be genuinely honest. I got a front row seat to them in person. I think they have a lot of bright spots, but I think those bright spots are young. I think that trading away players like Kruger and Nair is a must for them. Stackpile cash, stackpile picks. For me, those are some moves they should make this window, you know. I think the with Swanson signing a very long she's committing with the Red Stars for a while I would say with her husband Dansby Swanson coming to Chicago on a no trade deal for baseball I think that Mallory Swanson's in there for the long hold so I think that you can just kind of focus on rebuilding a team around her you have great players like Penelope Hawking up top Bianca St. George brings that thing that I don't think a lot of teams have in the pacey fullback but that can get up the field and squirt and finish I think Yuki Nagasato is a great piece but their weaknesses are honestly everything you could look up defense and offense for me I was looking for a more versatile window from the Red Stars I think you could see some players getting traded out trade some of your big veterans you know look at your roster and I think if you're the GM of this squad you got to ask players you know this team this team's not going to compete this season you have to say you know if they you have to let players go on a trade if they really are feeling like they want to and want to be on the winning team that could win this year I think that you know that's my just idea I know Red Stars fans might not like that but I think I say this because of how good I think the Red Stars could be with these younger players I think it's going to be if they trade stack piles and picks trade players like Nair right you know um Nagasato if they get a lot of those players they could get like three four first round picks then they could be a team that competes next year so I think that that is the approach I want to take with the signings as well is you know bringing in some players that can yeah do well now but also for the future so for me I was looking for players of like 23 24 25 that have some experience but also have the ability to make a long-term impact in the squad so for me I was targeting a center back and a left winger two players who stood out to me the most um Grace Fisk the 25 year old British center back and Jacqueline Avale, the 23-year-old Mexican left winger. So for my reasoning for this is that Fisk was linked to the Red Stars by BBC journalist Emma Sanders. And I think that pairing Fisk with Davidson 
The lefty-righty center-back combo is a good one for the future. Again, I think that the Red Stars have a lot of great young talent. They also have a lot of great veteran balance, which is why I think they should be doing better this season. If Swanson was playing, they'd be a playoff team. But, you know, counting that into consideration, they're not a playoff team, right? you got to accept the situation. And bringing in a player like Fisk, who's been linked with the Red Stars, could give them some defensive discipline, which they've been struggling with, while allowing the, some players to leave if they genuinely want to and I think the Red Stars should really be focusing at the end of this year how can I make the team not better this year but better next year better in two years better than five years better in 10 years you know really focus on that future and now long playing the long game because they're not a playoff team this year they're far from it if I'm being really honest and um I think that you know bringing a player like Fiskin who is young and has experience at the highest level in English club football. You know, she's played in FA Cup finals. She's played against some of the best strikers in the world. That could be a good benefit for the Red Stars in the long term. Moving on to Jackie Yavale, I had a lot to say about her. You know, I think she would be such a great player. She plays in Liga MX Feminil, which is a very respectable league, and I would not take that away from them. But I think Yavale has evolved into a player where she needs a more competitive league from top to bottom, which is why the Red Stars would be a great fit for her because she'd be in a team that would be in it for the long run. You know, she's 23. She could sound like a five-year deal with them. And then that partnership of Hawking, Swanson, and Yavale for the future is such a great you know, trio to have on your front line. I think that that if I'm a Red Stars GM, those are two players I really look at. Fisk has already announced that she's left. That the club has announced that. And Avali, you know, I think she's been linked out of your out of Mexico for a long time to go to Europe, the NWSL. And I think for me, one reason why I think she would be a success in the NWSL is because for two reasons. Number one, she'd move to the Red Stars immediately and come and make an impact without the NWSL, the international players. And with them. So you get a player for the season who could, you know, maybe get you up a few places in the standings. And then also number two, she's a similar style of play to Sanchez, I would say. It's not identical, but she's a left-footed, pacey winger who can get up the field. And Sanchez is thrived in the NWSL, so I think that, you know bringing a similar player in and kind of looking at what works in this league and what doesn't because this is a very specific league and it's tailored to the success of certain players and certain players just can't play physically in this league of all these quick you either have to be quick or strong to play in the NBA self you're not under those things get out and go to europe if you're a really technical player this league is meant for the physical masterclass of women's soccer and I think physicality may come in strength or in pace and I think Avali has both of those things Avali's quick she's smaller but she can get through defenders um and you know as I said the Red Stars are in a rebuilding period you know a young British defender with a paired with a prolific Mexican winger could really help launch the effort in this rebuilding period to look towards the future and as I was talking about, I would not be surprised if the Red Stars lose some veteran players this summer window. But they've got their eyes towards the future. And a team surrounding Young's USWNT star in Mallory Swanson is not a bad team. Next, we have the Houston Dash. For the Dash, for me, they're missing goals. But I think they have a lot of great attackers who show a lot of promise, like Salmon, Ordonez, and Sanchez. I think they're just missing that creative spark in the midfield. And um, so when I was playing this episode, Andresa Alves hadn't signed with them yet. She had been linked with them. So I think that Andresa Alves is the player that they should sign. They did. 
sign her. So for the purpose of this episode, you know, they don't need to sign any more players. But I think that that was a player I even had before they even announced her to sign. I mean, she officially signed them on Wednesday. I'm using that date just so you have an idea. So it was yesterday, but you, this episode might not be up until a few days in the future. So yeah, she just signed for them on Wednesday and she gives them that creative spark that they've been missing in the middle of the pitch, which they've kind of lost because of Shea Groom's injury. I think Shea Groom's a very different player who brings more aerial presence, more of an American, like a stereotypical American soccer player. Her her skill set is very physical based. She's good on the ball. Um, her passing ability is good, but I think that Andreas Alves, Andres Alves can give them a player to play with. Um, groom, and then if you have the front three of Alozi, Dordonez, and Sanchez with Salmon on the bench, then you have Schmidt dropping deeper in the middle of the pitch with Vigiano being able to sub for her. That's a really good team for the Dash, and I think that the experience that Andressa brings with over 100 caps for Brazil um, will help the Dash's combination of youth and experience lead them to their second ever playoff appearance. So I think Andres is the only signing they need to make. Could they make a few international placement players? Yeah, um, they can make a few of those signings. I think every team has. They haven't done any of that yet, but every team will make some. It's just a matter of how many. They don't really miss a lot of people, except for defensively. So yeah, I think the Dash, you know, I had on dresses their one signing, so since they've made that signing. Next, we have the Kansas City Current. And um, this one, some of these picks are more speculative and just like what I think these teams should do and less of actually like these players being linked to this squad. I think the Current need a true nine who can score goals. Um, that's their weakness, getting the ball in the back of the net. Dabinia is great for that. But when Dabinia has been on teams where she has forwards... Um, that are superstars, like she said, Lynn Williams, Jess McDonald, Caroline Dear, and Ordonez are players who played with her on the Courage, and I think that's kind of the player that the current are missing in my eyes, you know, Dominia has the ability to make magic happen on her by herself, but her, t- the, her teams have always thrived when she has th- that superstar forward, so I think Stina Blackstinius is a player that they could add to the current. You know, Blackstinius is behind Miedema at Arsenal, and she would be behind Lacasse and Russo if they if Russo makes the signing and Lacasse is already signed. So I think Blackstinius would kind of just not really fit in with Arsenal anymore. And, you know, the current have kind of a Swedish core with interim coach Caroline Skoblom and Swedish striker Mimi Larson. So I think Larson and Blackstinius have played together before on Lincoln FC. So they have that chemistry on the pitch that could lead to more goals for the current. And this is Blackstinius is not just a constellation prize to the other strikers at Arsenal. Blackstinius is such a great player, which is why I believe that this would be a perfect fit for her because she could be that true number nine who could play her up top with like a Hamilton and then have Dabinia right behind her. So I think that you know, she's a top slash striker who needs minutes, and the current could give those minutes to her that are, I think she deserves. Next, we have New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. This is my favorite team. I mean, I try to stay unbiased on these episodes because I you know I think that makes for the best content, but I 
this is the team I've obviously seen the most in person. I live less than an hour away from the stadium in New York City. So I live in New York City, so I'm very close to the stadium. Their weakness is attacking. They don't score enough goals. They're very one-dimensional, which I think is their biggest problem. They're constantly relying on Williams to score goals, and they lack creativity in the midfield. I'll say it. Mewis is great, and I've loved Ryan this season, but they need that third player in there. I'm sorry Delaney Sheehan has been nice, but I think that with Esther, if these two players I'm going to bring in are Esther Gonzalez, the 30-year-old striker from Spain, and Matein Lopez Milan, who's a 28-year-old center midfielder. So I would picture Matein dropping into the middle of the field with like Long and Mewis, and then potentially you could rotate with her with Ryan. So you'd be adding more depth in the middle of the field. And then Esther, I would picture Esther playing up top with like a two, a front two. Like I could even see them playing a fourth. 4-2 maybe with like players dropping back I don't know this is just like a little idea that I kind of have been picturing because they're con- often constantly realizing Williams to score goals which is not there no no playoff team can be one-dimensional you you can have the star player like the Florence have Smith but Smith is not their only resource for goals right they have many different weapons in their arsenal who can score and Esther is a great option for Gotham she scored 21 goals in all competitions for Real Madrid last season so I don't know that's like a very good thing for them I mean she announced her departure from the Spanish club she's been linked to Gotham by Spanish publication Revelo and she verbally committed to coming to the NWSL and since Gotham is led by Spanish coast Juan Carlos Amaros, um, this could be a perfect fit for both Gonzalez and the Garden State side. Gotham only has 13 goals this season, which is, I believe, the lowest of all the playoff. Well, they have 15 now. Sorry, I had my stats wrong. 15. They scored two this weekend. 15 goals scored and 13 goals against which even though they still have one of the better defenses, the second be- they have the one of the best defenses in the league, they still have the worst offense in the league for all playoff teams. And that is a concern for me. So I think that bringing a player like Esther in could be really beneficial for Gotham. And, you know, um, Matain would fit, moving on to the midfield, Matain would be give the flair, Gotham some flair, and she could fit with Mewis and Long, and we also have Yasmin Ryan, McCall's or Boney, so you're just adding more depth in the middle of the field, which I like with the Matin signing, and um, she Matin has been linked with the NWSL by BBC reporter Emma Sanders, and she could join her fellow Spaniards with Amaros and Gonzalez in the Garden State. She has been rumored to be signing one of the biggest contracts in the NWSL. To be honest, I don't really know how I feel about that. I would hope that it wouldn't be like Morgan big because I think that we should be being using our money smart it's not like Gotham's a juggernaut of cash right we acknowledge that we have a weaker we, we have weaker attendance in comparison to some of the bigger of the teams I know there's the salary cap system and all but like I think Gotham needs to be smart with their money so that's one little thing that you know maybe might be a little bit of a problem going down in the stretch but they have so many injuries right now and Matt Amy would be a player who could come in right at right available and be available right now she would be slotting into the starting lineup of long and ryan during the world cup when Mewis comes back there could be a little bit of a fight between matayin and ryan for that position and i think the depth is just a big thing as well that gotham could be adding and this could be 
you know, these two signings could be something that propels the team to the highest level. You know, Mateen and Gonzalez are st- or Esther Gonzalez are still in their prime. You know, they're 28 and 30. So I think they both are playing at the highest level. And that could be something that Gotham is missing, which will help get them their second. Next up, we have the NC Courage, who are all the way in second place this season. Um, for me they don't really have any weaknesses they could if they're if they want to get if they want to spoil themselves they could maybe add another creative player in the middle of the field but i think their team is fine otherwise you know they have enough good talent to last without this signing but i think signing a center attacking midfielder such as mana iwabuchi the 20 the 30 year not 30 year old um from japan could really help the team and it could also keep a player like Caroline in North Carolina for years to come. Um, Iwabuchi is moving towards the end of her prime, but but after she missed the World Cup roster for Japan, she clearly needs a team to reset with. Courage has Japanese talent, and they have Norumi Miura on the roster this season, and they had Fuka Nagano on their roster last year. The Courage team is in second place, but they lack a creative 10 that could win the matches later in the postseason. They have a great forward in Caroline, and their front line is pretty good otherwise, I would say. Again, this is me being a little nitpicky here because they have such a good team. I mean, that could win the matches, such as players like Tyler Lucy up front, um, Dinos Sullivan in the middle of the field, Murphy and Nett. I just think perhaps adding someone who could bring them the flair and allow Caroline to be more up top like she was last year um, could be really beneficial for the Courage in general. Um, Ubuchi would get the opportunity with constant minutes at the Courage, and it would be great for her and the Courage as she is the flair to thrive in the NWSL like Nagano did last season. So I think Ubuchi moving to the NWSL would just be a good move for her career, just to reset in general, and help the Courage perhaps compete for the Shield. Who knows? Okay, this one is purely being just my dream. We'd have an Italian player in the NWSL. I would love that. Not my dream, but just I would enjoy watching that as an Italian NWSL fan. Jenna Tonelli will be with me here. We don't have enough Italians in the NWSL. I don't even think we have any Italian. Yeah, we have none. Um, I think just for me, the rain don't score enough, I think. But again, I'm being very nitpicky, and I'll probably be annoying a lot of Rain fans by saying this. But I think they have one of the weaker offenses in the top teams. I think they could score more. Just saying. I know, like, they've only scored... I know they have the second-best offense in the league, so this is kind of odd. But I feel like they could add to it a little bit more. And I think they need a left-winger. Again, this is also going to annoy Rain fans. But I think you have a good team. But I think that your wingers are kind of eh. And your, like, front line is you're fine. I don't really know. I've never really seen the hype about the Rain team. I'm furious. I just I feel like they choke in the playoffs. Um, I think they always have great rosters. Their middle of the field is so good with Fishlock and Lavelle and Sonnet. But I think, like, their back line is really nice with, you know, Cook, Huerta, um, Barnes. You know, the back line is good right i get that and then you could put sonic back there and move vander yacht into the middle of the field right get that up top i don't really see the hype about this team i get i like balser i'm a big balser fan i like elise bennett as well but i think for, they need to score megan rapino is great but this is probably her last season haitama is really good as well 
But I think that, you know, on the wing, Balser's more of a striker, Haitim is more of a striker, and Rapino is a great player. But she's not the player who's going to play 90 minutes anymore for your side. So I think you need some people on the wings to, like, think about the future. You know, Haitim, King, and Balser is great. That, that trio is awesome for the future. But at the same time, you know, you could still see a team in a possibility where you could have even more. And I know you could get a little greedy here and be like, asking for more and more and more talent um fishlock's also getting older like fishlock's 36 so you know i i think barbara saya would be a fun player to see in the end of yourself there's no like logical reasoning for this i mean it, no like no statistic reasons proving why she wouldn't leave here and i think this is more of a want than a need for the rain but they don't really have an alternative to the wing besides Rapino. And Bonasea is older, you know, she's 32. And then Ibisel could be a great place for her to retire. She's played her whole career in Italy. Yeah, sure. But a nice paycheck could bring her to the Emerald City and help them win the title. I think I'm going to get, again, a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this. I think the ring are one-dimensional up front. I don't think they really have a lot of different goal scorers. And I mean, if you look at the statistics column for the NWSL, who's the best scorer for the rain this season? They don't have anyone in the top five. They don't, they have Rapino in the top five for assists, but they don't really have, who's their most prolific scorer is my question. When I look at that team, I don't see a pl- one player who's going to be that girl who's going to get, or that player, the player let's use non-binary pronouns, um, let's account for those, um, who can just, you know, really win them the games, and I think when you look at the league leaders for scoring, who's their top score, score? and I ask that with, the, with honestly, like, I, when I think about that team, I don't even know who their top scorer is, I mean, they, how they've Haitama, who I'm sure scores a lot of goals, I could look for my stats, I mean, Balser scored five this season, sure, but, like, Haitama scored four, right, those two are nice, but in the top 20, only, two three or four actually are from the rain i just feel like i know this is more of a want than the need but like even if you look in the top 30 it's four from the rain four of the top 30 are from the rain which is good but i just feel like i want barbara want to say and then be sell i'm sorry i want her here you know give her the paycheck let her retire and then be sell never played out of italy i think it would just be a fun experiment and a good you know, I'd love to see an, an Italian player in the NBCL, and bonus say I could be a player. Next, we have the Orlando Pride. So the Pride um, is a good team, but I think they have a lot of players. They could do a lot of international spots they should use. Their defense gives up so, so many cheap goals. It's honestly hard to watch at points. I've seen their team play in person. They have a lot of nice sparks for the future. You know, they have Marta, they have Adriana, but who are veteran experienced players, but they're the cheap they don't score enough is my other problem with this team i mean I, you could say that they have like a lot of you know youth that can be worked on in the future and that's something that you know will grow sure yeah okay whatever but like scoring 11 goals in 13 games that's the second worst in nwsl that's not good enough um i get there in 10th place but they also just don't, it's not like they're a defensive juggernaut either. Like, the Dash are the worst, but they have one of the best, def- they have the best defense in the league in seventh place. So I think that they kind of get the pass there because of how good their defense is. But the Pride, they don't have a good defense either. They're, they have to give up 21 goals. So for me, a, a striker, right winger, are people. I I had Rafaeli as my center, the 32-year-old Brazilian center back. 
Mia Fischel, the 22-year-old American striker, and Deanna Rose, the 24-year-old right winger. Okay, here are some things. These are all, this one, the last little ring player I had with bonus A was more of a want, but these three actually all logically, you know, could happen, I think. Bonus A is a little bit of a stretch, but the Pride need veteran experience. Raffaele provides this. She's been linked with Orlando. She's already left Arsenal. She's played with the highest level for her international and club teams, and the Pride is kind of a home for Brazilian internationals. So those reasons all seem like great reasons why she would come here. And the pride would also be really helped with this signing because the leadership that Raffaele could provide to help this floundering defense in the short term while mentoring Madrill, a very young and promising defender that could provide the, the pride not just with service in the short term, but also in the long term. And the pairing of Madrill and Raffaele is just too good to resist. On the other side of the field, the Pride struggle to put the ball in the back of the net. You know, they do have some bright spots. Adriana, Messiah Bright are a few. And they only have, you know, they, they have three goals each, which is nice, you know. That's a respectable total. But they don't score a lot as, they, as many as they should, you know. Um, they could be scoring more. And so I think that, you know, only... I think that Mia Fischel and Deanna Rose are two great players to bring in. Fischel was the fifth pick for the Pride in the 2021 draft, but she decided to go overseas, just like Rose, who was drafted a little bit later in that same draft, also decided to go overseas. So those two are top players that they've Pride drafted. And so, for for the Fischel point of view, you know, she didn't get a call-up in this World Cup cycle, and a move to the NBCL could really seal the deal and give Fischel that first cap. And give her more caps in the U.S. post-World Cup rebuild. And Rose is one of the world's most promising young players. Um, and any team who will get who gets her will try and shape their future around her. You know, Rose was officially released by Reading today, the day I'm recording this. And the, Orlando has the rights to her, just like they have the rights to Fischl. So, um, after previously drafting the two of them. So, Rose could bring the pace and youth to the Young Pride side while providing her impeccable finishing. And Fischl will bring the physicality and, great, and the airborne abilities. So, I think bringing a bright Fischl, Rose, um, Adriana, f- 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 group of four forwards um would be crucial in propelling the pride to their first playoffs for the in the while you know um and maybe maybe it could lead them to their first title in a few years um that trio official rose and um bright will be so good in the future as well so that's kind of what i have for the pride just again my thoughts based on some rumors Next up, we have the Portland Thorns FC. So for them, I wouldn't necessarily say there is a weakness. I mean, their team is very well-rounded as a whole. They lost to Ran, yeah. Their defense isn't... It's not the best. I mean, their defense is the worst out of all of the playoff teams. So that's kind of a problem for me when I'm looking at that side. The defense is one of the weaker things on the forwards. I mean, all of the playoff teams have better defenses than them, and two of the non-playoff teams, they have the ninth worst defense in the league, which is kind of, I don't know, concerning. Like, it just doesn't really, 
the se- eighth, sorry, like the eighth worst defense, it just kind of, I don't know, it doesn't really make me feel great about the Forens team. I feel like they are missing that defender, and I think they could, you know, maybe add another player to pair with Smith and Weaver up top. Sinclair's getting older, they sold her in. So yeah, I think left back was someone I was looking for. The Forens have a nice pairing in the middle of the field with Sauerbrunn when she's healthy and um, hubbly. But on the wing backs, I think that's been their biggest problem this year in my eyes. When you move Haran up the field, that's great. But then Klingenberg and Kuika, they haven't been getting the job done for me. I think Klingenberg, how old is she? She's, she's a little bit more... She's 34, right? So I think for me... Kuika is younger, right? She, yeah, she hasn't, she hasn't had the success that you would see in a Klingenberg. But Kuika also has time to develop at, you know, just 27. You still have a lot more time with her. And then you have Reina Reyes in that same position at just 22, who could fit right in. So I think for me, the right back is more of a thing that you know could be worked on in the future the left back they need someone so Laia Codina is someone who I think they should sign this 23 year old Barcelona player is a very young defender who with a lot of talent who gets no playing time right now and the foreigns need a long left back to replace Klingberg in the long term right the foreigns have struggled defensively this season and the one reason I could think of was their defense is aging you know they don't, it's not a young defense anymore and Laia could be concerned for like a long year de- term deal with the reigning champs and you know maybe they could help them win another title uh just you know I think the defense has struggled this year for the foreigns that's no secret and I think that just adding Laia could be a really good mix in the Spanish with the Spanish flair that she would bring to the defense. I don't know, you know, maybe just trying something new and you could have Laia and Reyes as your two fullbacks coming on the wings. And then you have, you know, you have Nally who's on the thorns, who I really like personally. I think she really provides a good, you know, youth option, just 24 years old in the center of the field. And she's kind of shown her maturity level in the NWSL at such a young age for the Florence with Sauerbrunn being out from injury. But so yeah, I think that Lea Katina is more of a want than a need for the Florence, but she's a player who I could like. Also, I would. <laughs> Katiatu Diani is someone, a 28 year old French winger, would just add more offensive talent to the Florence and could propel them to their fourth title. You know, she was previously linked with the Florence in 2020 and she could pair up with Smith and Weaver to create one of the world's best front lines in women's soccer. Diani's one of the world's best forwards in any team. Any team who signs her would shape their whole team around her, you know. Um, Diani brings pace and experience to a young Thorn side while providing really good finishing stats. And I think if the Thorns make these two titles, these two signings, excuse me, they're a lock for the NWSL title. And the duo of Diani and Smith would be the best duo in women's soccer, hands down. Next up, we have Racing Louisville FC. And when I was looking at a signing for this team, this is the team I did last because I wasn't really sure what to do. And I know, I feel like soccer is very similar to music in that everyone has their own tastes in music and in styles, certain styles of music. And that's very same in so- the same thing in soccer. For example, I 
even though I'm a Gotham fan, I still love watching Gotham because they're high press. I guess that's very American of me. You know, I'm I watch American sports, you know, and grow, 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 I've grown up in America um, to the traditional attacking style of soccer that I love of Gotham. I just don't really love the way Louisville play, not gonna lie. It's not bad. I just feel like I love when Mel gets the ball. I feel like they're very defensive oriented, which is not my favorite unless you're like Man City or prime Barcelona. So I feel like they could bring some more experience in the wing. I think sometimes they have great fullbacks and they have a very good spine in their team, but they've only scored 15 goals and they have no experience whatsoever, which is why I think they should bring in 32-year-old German winger Svenja Hoot. Like, Louisville's great pace up top, and Hoot would bring that experience and ability to help create the goals and get the ball to those strikers. And she could also provide some service to those forwards while creating easy chances and helping to generate their offense, which is their biggest problem in my eyes. And I think they have the talent, like Con, um, Kanu, um, Catalana, just to name a few, are just such good players that really bring so much to Louisville. And I think they need to get them involved more. Like Kayla Fisher up top is also really a great player. Monaghan, you know, they have so many good players up top, but I think they just need to get the ball to them more. And I think that Borges and, um, Ari Borges and DeMille in the middle field with Howell is great, but I think adding more players in the wing, especially when for Nadim and McDonald come back, is just going to be a great thing for racing Louisville, not just now. Next, we have San Diego Wave FC, who I think, you know, they don't really have many weaknesses. I think their left side of the field is not great, which is why I think they should target the British, 24-year-old British left back Poppy Patterson, who has been linked to the NWSL by BBC Sport Reporter Emma Sanders. Coach Casey Stoney of the Wave has experience in England with Man United as a player and as a coach and Patterson would bring that British technicality to the Waves defense. This move would make sense on like both sides of the deal. It would give Patterson with a better experience with a much better club and a more competitive league than the British WSL while giving the Wave more defensive depth and a young and promising defender for the future that could help win the Wave the wave and titles for years to come they have a great you know core with young players up top with like Shaw Ali I'm sure there's more that I'm missing Korniak in the middle of the field is nice you know they have a lot of good young players I think defensively they've really struggled um without Gurma and their whole core uh as that was apparent last night at the challenge cup game so I think bringing a player like Patterson would be good to you know develop her for the future and you'd also keep her for the women's world cup and give you some more defensive prowess when your best defenders are away. So last but definitely not least, we have the Washington Spirit. And the Spirit um, don't score enough goals, in my opinion. They could score more with the attack that they have. And these are two players that they've been linked to. Um, the Brit- the 24-year-old British striker, Alessia Russo, and 27-year-old left winger, Alou Matasar. Um, from France. Their contracts have both expired and they've both been linked with the nation's capitals, the squad of the nation's capital. Um, the Spirit have Rodman and Hatch up top, but they could lose one of them to the expansion draft. And Hatch may be requesting a move on her own. This is all speculation. You know, maybe she requests one to try and get back on the US team. And this 
potential duo up top with Russo and Saar could accompany Rodman for years to come if Hatch decides to leave. You know, the Spirit already have a great midfield trio in Sullivan, Sanchez and Durena, and their defense has some stand-up players as well. You know, Sam Staub has been great. Tara McKeown has a, as the converted center back has been nice. Gabby Carl has been good on the left side of the field. Um, but due to expansion draft rules, the Spirit might not be able to protect some of their stars if the rules don't change from 2022. And signing a star like Russo, who can play with Hatch up top for this season and replace Hatch if she leads her year to come for years to come. Star could also provide speed on the opposite wing from Rodman and give the Spirit yet another attacking weapon. Signing Star and Russo, the effect of this would make the Spirit an automatic title contender, even bigger than the one that they already are this season. So giving the spirit even more attacking threats for Sanchez to find this this is going to be a very long postseason for any team who comes up against the spirit if Sar and Russo are signed. Thanks so much for listening into this episode. I hope that you enjoyed my takes on this window and I hope that you thought that I gave a sufficient analysis about why your team should be signing a certain player or maybe they've already signed that player on your squad. Um, Please remember to follow us here on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. We have a lot of big announcements. You, Any women's soccer fans, be, go to our Instagram in the next few days. We'll be having massive announcements, incredible opportunities for all NWSL fans. So please, if you're an NWSL fan, you may think, oh, I have no experience writing, no experience in podcasts. It does not matter. Check our Instagram page. Follow us there because you're going to be getting, we're going to be posting something in a few days that could change the lives of so many people and could bring a lot of new people into journalism. Hint, hint. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and peace out from your host, LDG.